This is an episode that you are going to want to share. If you know anyone doing business online, some sort of online business, any way, shape, or form, they have their own website, you're going to want to share this with them because in today's episode, I talk with Lynn Elioff, an online lawyer, about the basics, the fundamentals that everyone running a business online needs to make sure that their website is up to date on so that they can protect themselves from the risk of a future lawsuit. We talk privacy policies, terms and conditions, and much, much more. It's not something that is always fun or riveting, but it is a basic business fundamental that a lot of people out there need. So if you get something out of this episode or know someone who would, please share it with them share it directly. Uh, Feel free to copy me on that if you so desire. Uh, But it's definitely something that a lot of entrepreneurs out there need to be informed about and need to know. So here is my conversation with Lynn Elioff. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. All right. So Lynn, welcome to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thanks, Aaron. Excited to be here talking to you. I'm excited to be talking to you as well. And I'm also excited to be educated on a topic that I am, I'm far from an expert from. Uh, so I'm excited that I get to call on some of your expertise today and share it with the audience. And that is, that is the world of law and legality, particularly as it pertains to online businesses. You know, I have, I have friends who are lawyers. We, you know, in, in broad strokes talk about what they do, but I know just enough to know how ignorant I am on this topic. So I'm excited to be educated by you. You have a law degree. You are giving legal advice on the internet. And I'm sure you can clarify if I'm I'm misstating anything like this, but I kind of wanted to just start really at, at, at square one, maybe talking a little bit about how you deliver legal education to people on the internet and, and maybe how you got started in that arena. Sure, absolutely. First of all, I do want to clarify that I do educate and provide information, but I do not offer legal advice unless someone actually hires me and we have a retainer and a signed agreement that says... um, that I am their lawyer. Um, But other than that, I'm here to provide all the information you need. And then I believe that um, empowering entrepreneurs and giving them that information is so invaluable because then they can, then they know what they're doing. Exactly what you were talking about, Erin. It's like, we don't know what we don't know. But if we understand that there is a lot that we don't know, then even that alone is empowering, right? It's like, okay, I know where I can go to find out this information and protect myself. So that is so important. But I started out because when I started my own business online, I saw all this big gaping hole, like people really, I either saw them not doing it right. And I'm talking about seasoned entrepreneurs who didn't even have the basic uh, legal documents in place on their websites. And I thought, wow, this is really an area where I can dig in and educate people on just some simple things that they can do by themselves. That was the thing for me is like, show people all that they can do themselves before they even have to hire a lawyer or at the very least show them that they can get this much done and then take that to a lawyer so that alone will save you hundreds if not thousands of dollars in legal fees because you've done a lot of the legwork up front. So that's what inspired me to going into internet business law and um, you know and things have just taken off from there for me. Yeah, and it really sounds, you know, just from from doing some research and what you're saying here is it's it's a very similar philosophy to health, 
where there's there's one way to go about it, which is, well, you've got this massive problem and now we have to treat it. It is going to be time intensive. It is going to cost you a lot of money and it is not going to be fun versus what are some basic good practices, habits, little things that are kind of small investments on the front end that save you some really big headaches down the road. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. I think it's the last thing you want to do is go to the dentist when you already have a horrible toothache. Much much better to just go for your regular cleanings and not have any pain, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My dad always says, you know, there's an easy way and a hard way to learn lessons. Yeah. And unfortunately, as a kid, that was a lesson I had to learn the hard way. I have, I have a few cavities to show for uh, <laughs> bad habits, but I'm hoping that I can improve my legal habits. And I hope that the audience is going to be able to as well after hearing uh, some of the wisdom that you share with us today. So you you mentioned these basic legal documents or basic legal tasks uh, that you saw people making mistakes. Let's start there and just go over some of the, you know, basic 101 things that everyone needs in order to be running an online business. Well, there are three documents that you absolutely must have on your website. One is a privacy policy. Um, Fines for violation of someone's privacy, they start at $16,000. That's the FTC, and it is not messing around. So you want to make sure that you have a privacy policy on your website, and that is there to protect people who come to your website. You're letting them know that uh, you collect information, and this, this is even if all you're doing is collecting someone's email, then you need to have a privacy policy on your website. And that tells them what you do, how you store that information, whether you'll share it with anyone else. So they are entitled to know that information up front. The other uh, document that you need is a disclaimer. That document is there to protect you. And that tells people that you are not responsible for how they use the information that you provide them on your website. So you're not responsible for how they may use or misuse it. And so that just sets the tone right up front that the responsibility is on the visitor. And then finally, you want to have a terms and conditions document, which lays out the rules for anyone who chooses to play on your site, right? It's your playground, your rules. So you have to let them know what those rules are, or you'll have a hard time enforcing claims against someone who, say, infringes on your copyright, or if you want to sue someone who violates any of your website policies, or if they come after you. So you want to set the tone with those rules. You want to let them know that it's your content, whether you allow them to share or not, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Now, is this something that it all has to be like on the front page, like on your homepage? Is there a location that's important? Because I could also imagine someone, you know, putting it at some obscure URL to say that they have it almost as like kind of like the backdoor way of covering their butt on this. Like, is there a rule about where that needs to be? Well, for a privacy policy, it has to be conspicuously displayed on the website, which means a visitor to your website uh, would find it very easily. And usually that's right in the footer. And if you put it in the footer, then that will show up on all pages. And if it doesn't, say if you create 
um, a landing page or an opt-in page that doesn't have the footer, then you want to make sure that you put the privacy policy right under that opt-in box because that's where people are giving you their email address or any other personally identifiable information. And that's where you want to have that clickable link that takes them to a page on your website that has your privacy policy in all its terms. Gotcha. That's super helpful. In terms of getting back to your philosophy on all this kind of stuff, um, you, you talk about you know really wanting to prevent the lawsuit down the road by the good practices that you have now. Also talk about doing it yourself as opposed to hiring lawyers and billable hours and all this other stuff. There's a lot that entrepreneurs, just people in general, can do on their own to be prepared. Um, is this what you're talking about when you reference do it yourself or what other um, areas of you know legal basics can people take care of on their own? Well, it's uh, surprising to so many entrepreneurs how much they can do themselves, but also how much you need to know just the information that you should be aware of. Just for example, like what we just talked about, the basic documents that you need to have on your website. Other topics are like, what should I name my website? Should I copyright copyright my content or uh, do I need to get a trademark uh registration for my company name. Those are all the sorts of things that I teach. And I actually created a do-it-yourself legal toolkit that really arms people with all the information and the practical steps that they can take. Like I provide checklists and templates and all of that sort of thing. So there is so much that you need to know. And again, this doesn't have to be all really convoluted legalese. You can learn this stuff fairly simply, just like the way we're talking about it right now. And then you can follow checklists and templates so that you can get a lot of this done. Now, for example, let's say you wanted to go into a partnership with someone. That is one area where I would say you need to have a lawyer. Do not take a shortcut here because it's your best friend and he or she will never do anything like that to you. I think one of the worst things we say to ourselves is it'll never happen to me. So with a partnership, though, and in, with the information that I provide, you can cobble together a pretty decent contract and then take that to a lawyer to review. And he or she will then tell you what's missing according to the laws in the states in which you're doing business. And that will save you so much time. And at the same time, it will educate you on, you know, the things you need to know when you go into a partnership with someone that is pretty, um, you know, that can, there, there are sharks in them, their waters, and you have to be very careful. So many people have been burned in partnerships that they thought would never, you know, go south. Yeah, absolutely. And it just takes a, a realistic mindset and some basic understanding of statistics. Like it's very easy for that to happen to you as, as much as you don't want to believe it. Um, I, I'm also curious, I'm sure you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on a regular basis. Do you also bring on clients when they do get into muddy waters? Like someone maybe didn't take your advice on the disclaimer or the privacy policy, and now they've actually gotten themselves into some trouble. Do you, you take clients on there as well? 
I don't. Um, I am on the other side where I want to arm you with all the information and all the stuff that you can do. So I will work one-on-one with clients and either coaching them or helping them directly and getting those documents in place or um, helping them create agreements with others. But um, I don't do that. So I'm I'm here to prevent you, <laughs> but I won't do the root canal. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, it probably saves yourself some headaches as well, taking that route. We also, we're actually recording this before tax time, but by the time this comes out, taxes will have already been filed. Are there mistakes that you see or, or ways that you help clients avoid getting themselves into some, some rough waters as it relates to taxes? Well, I always recommend, and this is one of the things I think that most people need to be aware of, the legal stuff and then the accounting stuff. And so I say hire an accountant, or and if you can't do that, then really educate yourself on what the tax laws are. First of all, you don't want to mess with the IRS. That's you know something that we just want to avoid that altogether. So you really do need to inform yourself. And also, you need an accountant who can really save you money by telling you where the tax breaks are. I mean, I talk a lot about, you know, some of the things that you can do, for example, in setting up your home office and then expenses that you can take that I do inform people about that, but I'm not an accountant and I'm not a tax lawyer, but on the very basic level, that is something that you should have in place for your business. I mean, when we talk about building a business, the foundation, these are foundational elements and a lot of people tend to want to put their head in the sand and say, you know, I'll deal with this later, but, um, those can be costly decisions. Yeah, and it doesn't always get prioritized because, you know, particularly with new businesses, but business in general, you're juggling so many different things. You're jumping from your sales to your marketing to your product. Legal, unfortunately, it's something always inevitably gets either, either swept under the rug or just kind of kicked down the road to be dealt with later. Um, do, do you, what would you say to someone who says, like, I just can't prioritize this right now. I've only so many hours in the day. I'm worried about this, that, and the other thing. Is it, is it really just the scare tactic? Is there a horror story in particular that you use to kind of bring people to their senses? <laughs> you know, I am not afraid to use scare tactics to get people to do this. I've heard other lawyers say, I don't, I don't want to scare you or anything. And I'm like, I'm all about scaring you. It's that important. You need to cover your assets online. And we're talking about your personal and your business assets. So for example, if you, in, in your choice of business entity, whether you are a sole proprietor or whether you should become an LLC or an S Corp, that decision is a big one because If you just remain a sole proprietor, that means you are the business and the business is you. And that means your home, all your assets, any investments that you have, your children's college fund, your car, all of that is available to creditors if they would need to come after you. So you are really exposed. That's why I encourage people once they really know that they're in this for the long haul, that they want to be in business for themselves to investigate whether they should uh, set up an LLC, which is the normal course of action, or an S Corp, because it does sort of put a wall between your personal and your business assets. And also for tax purposes, there are tax ramifications that go in your favor once you set up a business entity for your business. 
that is that is another specific detail that isn't always covered or is actually rarely covered unless you have a real mentor who's kind of been through that. So it's, it's amazing that you're giving that information out to people so that they can educate themselves. But getting further into the weeds with your path, you know, we're, we're talking about online businesses, we're talking about entrepreneurship. That is not always, you know, it's actually rarely the case that that is the direction that a someone who graduates from law school is going to go down. It's, it's, you know, super common to join a firm or work in the public sector. There's all these different paths that you can go down with a law degree. I'm curious on a, on a personal note, how you ended up in this world of online business and, and what attracted you to it or how you came to be giving this type of advice out. So I, I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't want to be one of those lawyers that, you know, sat in a fancy corporate office with billable hours and constantly looking at the clock and 18 hour days and all of that. First of all, I'm not a good employee. Even if I were a partner, I just knew that that was not what I wanted. It wasn't so clear to me what I did want. And um, after working in a couple of small firms, I hired a coach to sort of work through this. And long story short, I became a coach. And that's when I decided that having my own business, not my own law firm necessarily, but my own business. And so I started that online and that's when I really saw the big need for for entrepreneurs and, and informing them about internet law, which, you know, there's so much information out there and a lot of it is wrong. I mean, this, there's just too much out there. And I alone, and I'm a lawyer, I'm looking at all of this and thinking, well, that's not true. And this part is right. And what does this even mean over here? Like, it was just so convoluted. So I took some time to really uh, regroup in setting up my own business. And I took careful steps to log everything that I did, because I realized that this was going to be helpful to someone else in the future was they set up their business. And that's how I created my business and ultimately the the toolkit to help people do it themselves. It sort of evolved. I would have never guessed that coming out of law school, that was the direction I would go in. That's fascinating. And what's also fascinating is you have this very specific skill set uh, that, you, you know, you had to invest a lot of time to pass the bar, get the law degree, build that base of knowledge that you can then deliver to other people that they value. Uh, but, but kind of flipping even this whole conversation that we've had so far on its head a little bit, you had that education, you could advise people on legal matters and dispel myths. But running a business is much more than just having an expertise, you also have to go out and, and handle these other things outside of maybe what type of corporation am I going to set up? So uh, for you personally, as your your growth as an entrepreneur, what did you have to go out and learn that either previous experiences or law school hadn't necessarily prepared you for? Well, that is such a good question, Aaron. Law school prepares you for having a law practice, like you know about the law, but you have no idea how to run your own business. And so that was really an education for me. And I was all over the map with it. I Like you had said earlier, you know, you do a little bit of sales and then you do a little bit of marketing and then you create some content. And I thought, okay, well, this is crazy. And finally, I had to uh, regroup and create another system for myself and I created a system that involved my calendar and setting that up so that I knew exactly 
what I was doing each day of the week so that there was no more of this. All right, what should I do today? Should I, <laughs> should I write a post? Should I do a Facebook ad? Some of that stuff. So I um, created a system and then I used that to teach coaches, in particular entrepreneurs who are wanting to be coaches, how to set up their businesses online. Because like me coming out of law school, coach training doesn't prepare you for the business side of being a coach. It just teaches you how to be a coach. And you can be a fantastic coach and be a lousy business person. So I also teach people how to set up their businesses online based on my experience and all the mistakes that I made and steps I didn't need to take. And so now I combine that, how to set up a business online and cover your assets at the same time. That's also the type of experience that is hard won through experience. You can't necessarily always get that in a classroom. I'm curious with the scheduling thing, are there any times of the day or sections that are like complete non-negotiables? I know I know you're also a mother. I know that like it, it's always a dynamic thing. The schedule I sometimes I've struggled, you know, you set the time aside, but then you, you know, later on you, you block that off, but something comes up or you, you kind of make this internal negotiation with yourself. Well, I'll just, I'll do something else this time, but next week I'll get back to it. So d did you struggle with that? Do you have non-negotiables? How, how strict or disciplined have you been able to be? Well, I think that the more disciplined we are in all aspects of our life, the happier we're going to be. And when I use the word discipline, in uh, not in that sense that a lot of people hear discipline and then they think, oh, you know, it's like a, that feeling in your gut, like you don't want to do this. I'm talking about being disciplined by taking responsibility for your life. If you really want to be in business for yourself, there are responsibilities that go with that. And you're only responsible to yourself ultimately. So if you're going to make that commitment to go into business, then it's important that you really think about, you know, what the goal is and then how you're going to get there. And then the next question is, are you really willing to honor yourself by doing all the steps that you need to take to reach your goal? And for some people, the answer is no, they really don't want to. And that's when they'll start to say, well, maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that. So really, you have to check in, do a gut check and find out how committed are you to this? Because the more committed you are, the easier it is to be disciplined and then the easier it is to achieve that goal. Did that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely, and and I love it. One quote that I uh, go back to when I'm when I'm trying to work on my discipline because it is a constant process for me to continue to build that. Uh, it's by Frank Herbert: Seek discipline, and you shall find freedom. Seek freedom, and you will find only chains. I think is is an apt quote to apply the situation. So I I love that idea, and I I love all the wisdom that you've shared with us today, Lynn. Before we start wrapping up, is there anything else that I didn't give you a chance to say yet today that you are hoping to? No, I think I covered it. You asked great questions, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I also want to make sure that people uh, can continue to educate themselves. I, I'm sure that there's folks that, you know, feel like we're kind of scratching the surface, but they need to go and do more research, whether that's on privacy policies or terms and conditions or maybe other basis that they can cover uh, in terms of just kind of the, a basic legal 101. So where in the digital world can we point them so they can connect with you and learn more, Lynn? 
two places. One is CoverYourAssetsOnline.com. Uh, and that's where you'll find all the information and the blog posts that I have on all of these things, like, you know, from how to use images online without getting sued. All of those things get covered uh, in my blog. And then um, my DIYLegalToolkit.com, DIYLegalToolkit.com will just give you an an overview of all the things that you need to know um, as far as being a business owner and then whether you want to do it yourself or not is entirely up to you. I have a lot of people who say, no, 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 just do it for me, please. <laughs> so, but again, you know, you want to know what your options are. So those two websites will show you. Great. And we'll also link to Lynn's social so you can check out all the other great work that she's doing. And as new podcasts and other things come out, we'll make sure that you don't miss any of that as well. That'll be going deep with Aaron.com slash podcast, the place to find the show notes for this and every episode of the show. Uh, but as we do, Lynn, at the end of every episode, I love to hand the mic to my guests one final time so that they can issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Okay, well, I would challenge your audience to do a personal audit of their values. I think this is so important. I think this is something that we should have kids do in third grade. But to really know your values, because it's not enough to say you have values. Like people will, you ask someone and they'll say, of course I have values. Um, but without being able to clearly articulate what they are, then you need to do an audit because you want to ask yourself, do I really believe in this or did I inherit this way of thinking from someone else, say from my parents or my teachers? Because ultimately, if you don't know what you stand for, then you can't stand up for it or anything. Not really, right? And so that's why this is so important. If it's really important to you to be responsible in your life and create a business, then that's good to know because that's going to fuel all the other steps you take and then just reminding yourself that that's a promise you made to yourself. Yeah. And I, I also love the idea of tying the what to the why. So what is my value, but also why is that a value? Right. And that not only just deepens your execution of those on a day-to-day -day basis. But then you can also, if, if those really are quality values, that's how you actually share them to other people. Just saying, hey, this is important to me, isn't really convincing, doesn't actually change minds, doesn't persuade anything. But the why is actually what changes others' minds. And if, if you have children, teaches children, if you're a leader, leads your team, that the why is what actually really moves people. So I, I love that. That's a, a great challenge, Lynn. Thank you. Well, this has been great. Uh, once again, we will encourage everyone to head over to the show notes so they can connect with you and learn more. Uh, but thank you again so much for coming on. We just went deep with Lynn Elioff. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you enjoyed this episode, if you know someone who could learn from it, please share it. Please Give it to someone to protect them and lessen their risk of a future lawsuit. And if you're new, please hit subscribe. We've got a ton of other really informative episodes, some of them including experts in blockchain and cryptocurrency. We have AUDL owners. We have finance experts. We have real estate investors. We run the gamut here on Going Deep, and we'd love it if you were a part 
of our family. So please check out our back catalog of episodes. If you want a specific recommendation based off of your interests and a little bit about you, head on over to Twitter, Instagram, message me at AaronWatson59, and we can find an episode that would be particularly interesting for you. A lot of people already have done that and getting some great feedback and having a lot of fun meeting people as well. So check that out and make sure that you're subscribed for future episodes of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.